Hello from Houston, and welcome to the Highlights Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by the Houston Young Lawyers Association. Our goal is to learn, lead, network, and serve. And welcome back to the Highlights Podcast. My name is Femi, and I'm a transactional attorney here in Houston. And my name is Patrick. I'm an arbitration lawyer also here in Houston. So today, joining us once again, I want to say for the third, possibly if you count all the episodes, the fourth episode, but we have our our president, Alvin Ajay. Uh, Thank you for joining us again, Alvin. And today we're talking about something a little bit or actually a lot different. We're going to be talking about finishing up a conversation we had earlier this year talking about (laughs) Spider-Man. Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, I just want to let everyone know in case they're not able to watch the uh, Zoom that I have on, I don't, I didn't wear it, but I did bring my Spider-Man mask. I do have the full suit and I have my Marvel shirt. I really forgot to wear my Marvel shirt. And can I you put the mask up again. Can, can you mind putting up the mask up one more time and just hold it there? I'm, I'm going to take a screenshot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the video gets recorded. I think I haven't checked before, but there I'm we sure it go. <laughs> All right, I got it. I got uh, it. Perfect. We need a side by side. That's awesome. Okay. Perfect. Um, let, let, let me take that. Let me take that. I need to get a legit superhero costume. There we go. Perfect. Awesome. Perfect. Awesome. Um, so we can just start off by asking now that you have the con- <laughs> Does Spider-Man have a particular influence in your job as a lawyer? No, I'm just no, kidding. no. <laughs> those are not the questions that I want to. Yeah, I, wanna, I, don't know. I mean, you, I you will, can say the whole theme gonna, of with great power comes great responsibility. You no, know, having a bar light. There are so many connections. Talk about there. it. But I want to start Talk by about saying, um, I was listening to the pa- past episode we had, and I just want to formally recant because I said at the end that it was a terrible movie. I would like to think most people picked up on the fact that I was joking, and but it was not a terrible movie. And I'm pretty sure. I hope you guys don't agree. I think you guys both like for for for, so, for which which movie opening question tell me why spider-man no way home is your favorite spider-man movie Ooh. it it is not it is not wow it is not it is up there it's it's a strong contender but i wouldn't say it's my favorite merely because i think there are parts of it that are 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 done pretty standardly like i the the movie is great in the sense that when they actually set when 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 they set out to bring all three genres or three multiverses universes yeah. together, I mean it's captivating, and that's great. Yeah, I think the movie as a whole, in terms of landing the um, Tom Holland trilogy, it, it I think it could have been stronger. So. Wow. When you think about the Tom Holland, I, I think the thing that surprised me most about the movie is if you, it is a Tom Holland trilogy, right? <laughs> if you take yeah. a step back, what it is, it's the origin story of Spider-Man in those three movies. Like, it's the longest origin story ever of Spider-Man. If you think of done in film, if you think about it, it's like, you know, instead of losing Uncle Ben, you're losing M.A., Spoiler. We already said spoilers, I think. It's spoilers. Um, yeah, spoilers. we did say spoilers. It's like you're yep. losing Aunt May instead of Uncle Ben. He's starting from scratch. He's moving into his apartment at the end of the movie. No one knows who he is. He has a secret identity back and everything. And it's like, really what it is, it's this trilogy is the origin story, which I feel like when we start, when we think about the first movie that we saw, and we're like, oh, it's so nice that it skips the origin story and just jump. We like Spider-Man and Spider-Man out the gate. That's true. But really no, what that it is, is, is actually the true. whole three the whole three movie series thing it's the or and that when i thought about that i was like wow that actually blows me away and i'm really sad because like no one knows who he is and it's one of the most depressing isolating feelings of all time anyways that's why i like the movie i think because of that it could be my favorite of like i'll always have a soft spot for toby Maguire and those three movies but i don't know this one this one does everything that it does pretty well if not fantastically I mean, I think it is, I think it is by far my favorite one. And I don't even think it's like, and I really liked the Tobey Maguire, the first one, 
particularly for like the, the the time that it came in, it was it was great for what it was. And it's still great yeah. even now. I still think it ages well. Um, I mean, there's a reason why they brought Green Goblin back. Like he is a fantastic yeah. antagonist. Willem, yes. Willem Dafoe, I, as I've gotten older, I appreciate that man so much more. Like yeah. his acting isn't, I haven't seen like probably most of the stuff he's done, but like I rewatched The Lighthouse recently too, out of the scope of this, but like his acting is just so fun to watch. He's, been, he's fantastic. There's a video I, of him in acting school, like, you know, doing like he's, he's looked so young and it's just, it's, I mean, he's been acting for a long time, but he's fantastic. But I, so I think, so for me, what, uh, I thought was really great about the Spider-Man movies that it had to do a lot of things um really well and it it's very easy for that movie to have been just a complete mess mm-hmm. and i really appreciate when there's a character that um is you know is faced with the challenge overcomes it and then you see like growth and change and um you see that in this movie and I, what is really amazing is that they they didn't just like the cameo of Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man coming in was already like just kind of a cool idea, but they didn't just let it just be like, oh, like they're in this universe and it's like, cool, like they had purpose. And really the purpose was really getting, because kind of the question that you you have with Tom Holland's Spider-Man is um, he kind of, they did it like a clever thing with him is that they brought him in when he was kind of been Spider-Man for a while, but then <clears throat> they kind of had this, he had a benefactor, which was Iron Man to kind of help him in, in a sense, like he kind of comes across as his character is different than the, the Peter Parker that we are used to, because yeah. a lot of what is appealing about Spider-Man is that in a sense, even though he's like this freak genius, he went to public school. He's a blue collar, yeah. uh, in a sense, like kind of kid who's dealing with not being cool in school, um, who is dealing with being poor, right? Like, how is he going to pay the bills? How is he going to get an apartment? How is he going to? So that was what yeah. I think that's what for him always made him so really relatable. And then in the when he gets introduced in the MCU, it's it, it, that's all that stuff is skipped because he has Iron Man. I mean, you know, he has an internship. We don't know, but like, so a lot of that growth, his growth is is it goes in a different way. Like, there definitely is growth. Like in the first movie, yeah. he has to learn certain things in order for him to because he wants to become an Avenger, and then he doesn't yeah. become too at the end. Like in the beginning, it seems like he relies too much on. Yeah. on uh tony stark and then at the end he realizes like that he has to like trust okay who he is what his destiny is supposed to be and i think that that was a really powerful message it's not typically what we expect from the spider-man but in that journey it yeah. worked and then the second one it's like okay the big question was how do we deal with <clears throat> how does this character deal with the fact that now uh he's you know iron man is is, is gone so Iron Man and he, you see how he has to deal with that and having he's trying to like grow and develop because he trusts the wrong person in the second movie because he just wants to be a normal kid. So he's trying to balance how do I how am I going to be Spider-Man, but also still have my own personal life. And then in the third movie, it's like, OK, now he has an even bigger lesson, which is how can he be more selfless and be a true hero? And he has these two great people who've kind of gone through their own stuff, but they're in different places. You got yeah. Tobey Maguire, older, more mature, has been doing it the longest. And yeah. you have Andrew Garfield, who's been doing it, has had real loss and is yeah. in a dark space. And they all kind of come in and they help him uh, to make it to that decision at the end, which was to fix a problem that he created and um, become the hero that one that we know but become you know the hero that he's supposed to be, and I just I I loved how they threaded all those things in, and in order to make him um, you know such an or the, you know such an admirable character. Yeah, the more I think, like yeah, it is, it is being a hero. <laughs> I guess it's weird because like I remember being 
when I was rewatching the movie, I think in the very beginning, maybe it's like Doctor Strange who says this line when he's like trying to justify doing the spell. He's like, think of how much he's like, he's already been through so much. Like, let me do this for him or whatever. Right. And then it's like, he has been through so much, right? Like losing Tony Stark was supposed to be the big thing. And then the movie ends and he, he kind of loses everything. He and loses everything. That everything. Will, yeah, like, I don't know. That is one of the most, like, it somehow doesn't feel, it feels both terrible and great. Like, you know, he's like swinging through New York in Christmas and there's like, it, it's like a sort of, he still like has himself together, um, but it's still like such a, the fact that he loses everything in a way that I didn't really imagine would happen at the start of that movie. Like literally just like no one, oh, okay. Like, yeah, he has to take the SATs again. Like he his GED, I think there's like right. a GED book. Like, yeah, uh, man, he's in uh, some crummy apartment, and it is, you know. But there's no other character that we have that you really see. I, I, like, there have been other characters that we see, like who aren't rich. Like, they're not all rich, but his struggles have always been. He's always been a very sympathetic effect yeah. of how he's had to deal with a lot of those struggles. But it was interesting because like he comes to, he's going through this valley and he's kind of come out you know, a, a stronger hero, but at the same, at the same, just like you kind of said, like it's, it's almost like they, at least for the Sony universe, if that's where he's going to end up ultimately being in or in this weird sharing deal yeah. with Sony and Marvel uh, because of the spell they can kind of just read the, you know, they can kind of just yeah, do it. It's like, like a, a retcon it. Yeah. Just do whatever they want with them now. Since so, I mean, yeah, he, he's a blank slate. Um, I mean, I, I don't know if this relates to what's been said, but I think the, the one thing that I do like is that um, Spider-Man has always been a loner character, but he's, he's always been like the one character that everybody can attach themselves to. Yeah, and it's interesting yeah. because I, I don't know if this is like just based on the, the DNA that Stan Lee created, but like, isn't that how spiders are? Like spiders are a little bit like loners or like, you know, maybe I don't know. But I don't know enough about spiders. to. I don't know either. But I think it's a good point. When you think about spiders, you don't think of like, you always see like one by itself. Yeah, that's exactly. Um, yeah, you and you know, what, what I like is that it, he's the one guy but you, he's the one guy, but everybody can relate to him. And even in this universe where clearly the whole point was at some point we need to thread this needle through multiple characters and they all need to work together. Spider-Man still stands out as the guy who, even though he has a very strong uh, mentor, he still stands out as like the guy who, he, he's kind of taken on a, 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 a lot of, a, a lot of like work like tony stark is clearly the leader but spider-man is you know a, a very strong right-hand man goes through a lot like and and yeah. I, I i love the fact that at the end of the day when you know he does have this this final trilogy film he stands on his own um that's a good uh, economy to to bring in, in yeah. the sense that in the beginning he so desperately wants to be part of the team and yeah. in the end he learns it's not that he necessarily disdains being in the team because he's always been a loner in the sense of um not necessarily i think because he chooses to be i mean i think he wants to be part of a group but he's kind of forced the, to the be the nature of like yeah. having that identity yeah. makes but, him but a I, I do think it's an interesting dichotomy in the sense that he want that in the beginning or at least in the tom holland trilogy he so yeah. desperately wants to be an avenger and in this group yeah. and fit in and then at the end he is kind of content with the fact that he can stand on his own i hadn't yeah. really thought about that especially considering like i think in that final fight in that final climax all the other he's like oh yeah I'm a, I've, I've worked with a team before i've done this so like i i, I will help get exactly. our comms together or whatever and like andrew and and toby are like wait what who are the like a band are you talking about a band (laughs) yeah are you talking about a band but then they're also like they've never as if they've never worked in a team before um right and i love that scene when uh when tony mcguire is just like how is this helping (laughs) 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 but here's the interesting thing i think also the flip side is that 
you know, he's always wanted to be on a team, but he's learned stuff in being in a team because Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield have been loners the entire exactly. time. The and entire they have time. to learn, they've had to learn how to be in a team because in order for them to be successful against the villains, they had to work as a team. And then yeah. they just, it just, I mean, it just, you know, it yeah. worked. And so that was an interesting kind of reversal because it, for the most part, it's Tom, it's, it's Tom Holland who's kind of, taking lessons or learning or kind of having to give the seniority to the other two. And in that sense, when they're fighting, it's like, no, we have to work as a team and collaborate in order to be successful or we are yeah. going to lose. Yeah. I mean, do, doesn't it suck that the villains were already better at being a team? Than, I was going to say, heroes? meanwhile, the villain, <laughs> they the were just time, like, let's just be bad. <laughs> <laughs> but the they knew how to do it. <laughs> the interesting thing is, I think it's like immediately my mind goes there, but like actually that's not like a the doc doc Ock immediately betrays them. Like he he stayed good the whole time, right? He like grabs um what to say Selectro and saves the other two Spider Men, but then he also did. Sandman is on his own mission the whole time because his thing is he wants to push the button as soon as possible because he wants to go home to see his daughter, which I because he doesn't really die. Process. He knows he doesn't die. Yeah, yeah, because like, whatever. I, because uh, I didn't really process I didn't really process that the first time I think when I was watching it in theaters I was like wait why is Sandman there like why is he suddenly like aligned with the villains but no he's just sort of doing and at the end of the day it kind of works to everyone like it does their teamwork or lack of teamwork works to the villains advantage I guess Doc Ock's betrayal notwithstanding but he, 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 here's a question I want to pose so what did you um, well yeah so I guess I have two questions one was did you think that Doctor Strange was wrong in, in him just being like, we need to send these people back to where they come, you know, back to the timeline that they're from? Like, do you think that he was right in making that choice? And two, no. and my follow up question is if it had been either Andrew Garfield or Tobey Maguire in that situation, their, I guess their version of Spider Man, uh, or Peter Parker in that situation, do you think they make the same decision that Tom Holland makes? Okay. Have, okay. I, hold on. Wait, I have one follow-up question to that. Have <laughs> and I'm sorry that it shouldn't rely on this, but I'm inevitably have you guys seen Loki? Yes. No, I have I haven't. Okay. But but I mean, honestly, go ahead. Like, I would, already... I'm not gonna spoil Loki, but I feel like my answer is a little bit informed by Loki, anyways. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. So first question, I think. Doctor Strange was totally justified in sending them back. This was a mistake, and he wanted to fix the mistake. In fact, the mistake was created by a very naive and selfish Tom Holland-era Spider-Man, who, I mean, he everything that he wanted to do was like, hey, I want to go to MIT and hang out with my friends there. And he ended up like, you know, causing rifts in multiple universes and, you know, potentially putting this version of New York City at risk for the umpteenth time, you know, not, notwithstanding what happens in the Avengers and, and, and all the other films. And so Dr. Strange was doing what, you know, a responsible adult would do, which is to just right the wrong. I, I don't see anything wrong with it. And I think the fact that um, Spider-Man wanted the spell I mean, he he created he created his own problems in this film. Aunt May is dead because of this. He doesn't. So, yeah, but he didn't know that he was creating that. Does that give you any? Does that weigh on that analysis at all? So, no. No, I mean, like we we we're all we're all responsible. We, you know, there, there are consequences for our actions. I, I don't see how that's different. I feel I would answer the same way as. Femi, but I feel like you, you could completely remove Tom Holland from the equation and it's the same answer. It's like, okay, I'm Doctor Strange. I'm the adult. I cast this spell that went did this terrible thing. Let me, like, I don't care what, the, I don't care if it was, if you, I don't think you could blame it on Tom Holland, but maybe you could. Um, even if you could, it doesn't matter. I don't care that Tom Holland wants you to not do it because of his new morals from Aunt May or whatever um i just so to answer the the question of like is dr strange wrong for just wanting to send him back i don't think so like that's 
that is the solution unless you know we get like Tobey Maguire Spider-Man 4 and we find out the timeline is broken or you know Andrew Garfield number three and that timeline is all like that well, is it a- seems like there will have to ultimately <laughs> be a new timeline because of that's the- true you know so Tom- yeah so that's what I also think is great about the film right because uh it, it is gets- completely reasonable and I think the way that it's played and the way that it is presented it is completely reasonable that Doc Strange is like Oh, these people popped in. Let me just pop them back out. And it probably wasn't, it was probably a little bit. Uh, maybe arrogant might be the word for him to think that he could share that information about the fact that they die fighting Spider-Man in their timeline. And Tom Holland Spider-Man was going to be like, okay, yeah, I'm cool with that. <laughs> okay, but I don't yeah, think sure. it wasn't, it wasn't Dr. Strange who shared that. It was, um, the, the villains pieced it together in front of Tom Holland and they were like, cause like Doc Ock knew that Norman died and Sandman knew that the other, that Doc yeah, Ock Do, Do, Dr. Connor knew things that um, happened. They all like sort of put the pieces together and then Dr. Strange just comes in and he's like, okay, time to go home. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, cause I feel like it's, he confirms it, right? I guess. Oh, well, yeah, I guess. Well, his whole right. thing is like, it's not your problem. Like this is their, he says it's their fate. And I think that's sort of like, that's like the weirdly dark thing that he goes where it's like it's their fate to die and like the universe benefits from whatever like he goes along this in my mind that's the train of thought he sort of goes on like the universe is better because of whatever sacrifice they do yeah um which is but i thought that but then because in the beginning i was just like because in the in the beginning i I felt like tom holland should just be like yo like they're the bad guys they're terrible people like just kind of just send them back in because this is creating a worse situation but then like as time was going on and i saw <clears throat> like it it made i also understood tom holland's side too which yeah. is like i have an opportunity here to fix uh these individuals and so that they aren't so that they're like he kind of saw it more like that their evilness was almost like it wasn't like that that they were just like bad people. It's almost like a it was like it bad was situation. Like, yeah. It was like rehabilitation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I was gonna answer the second question, which is what would Toby Maguire's Spider Man do versus Andrew Garfield's, and I think Toby would probably pick the same path that tom holland would but i think okay. andrew i think andrew would have sent them back <laughs> <laughs> so i i guess for, for for disclosure i watched the um the amazing spider-man i i didn't finish the second one all the way but i watched i watched the the, the first one and he's yeah. like he's he's like a gen x spider-man like straight okay. edge kind of <laughs> rough around the edges like yeah like he he, he basically does everything but cuss aunt ben and aunt may out like he's he's pretty punk. Um right. and I could totally see him just being flipping, like, yeah, send him back. Like it's fine. Um which w- w- personally I think that would have been the the right choice. The right choice. Yeah. Send him back. Do you think there was a benefit of the fact that they got saved? Character development. I mean, you have Green God. I mean, you have I mean you have Green Goblin that was going back and he's been healed like you have probably one of the most at least in that universe that he comes from he's the one of the most like brilliant yeah you know intelligent and it seems like he want it he, i mean it's drowned in his ego but he also really wants to help people in his way and so it'd be interesting to see what that type of character is back in his universe with like a second chance which I guess is a kind of a, it's kind of a theme of do people, if you have the opportunity to give someone a second chance, should you do it? Um, and you should, you, you, you should, but then if they're stabbing you in the chest, maybe you need to like, they, they think about it pretty quick. You may not have the same uh, runway to think about it. It's tr- like you are giving them a second chance, but you're also not really in the sense, because both Dr. Ock and Green Goblin like the idea is they weren't themselves like they were like a much worse version of themselves yeah they were that way for a reason and so if you could remove i think they call it like the darker half or whatever um it's like jekyll and hyde yeah then you're like you're you're yourself again and so it's like 
in theory, like you could frame it as like, oh, you never killed those people on that balcony in Spider-Man one. It was the goblin and not Norman Osborn. Um, which I think is like material, like there's a difference there between like, you know, I do something terrible and I'm the same person and you decide to give me a second chance um, because I'm going to redeem myself through my own like character development as opposed to like changing this quality about me. But I guess it, it is like, it's taking a chance on someone, I guess. Right, you're taking a chance. You don't know if they're going right. to you don't know. You come in, like it seems like, it seems like Doc Ock is a good person who overestimated his technology and then gets yeah. taken over by his invention. And then once yeah. he's in control, he is a good person. And then it yeah. seems like, uh, and then with, with uh, you know, Electro, that one's a little bit harder, right? Because, but it seems like one, because he, he's just kind of like it feels like he just kind of the ego part goes out of control because now he has all this power and he's just been like yeah yeah i i I agree i mean that one's harder i i think electro had it in him he just didn't have the tools (laughs) right yeah and then you know sandman was always kind of that neutral character and then you have you know reptile who is or dr connors who is uh I mean, when he's a reptile, I mean, he's an evil, single-minded person. And then when he's a human, regular person, he seems yeah. he's more normal. The really the most the difficult one uh, is, or the one who pushes it the most is Green Goblin, right? Because he's, this is someone who's like, what are your weaknesses? I want to press hard on them. Like, I want to find that moral fault line and I want to force it open. I mean, that's why I think that that's why I believe like the first one is so great. They basically like he's clearly like the the leading yeah. uh, oh, villain yeah. in this movie because he makes it his job. He enjoys um, putting or uh, like what my dad would say, like putting the uh, protagonists in the valley. Like I want to give you these moral mm-hmm. conundrums. Mm. And I want to find out what it is that you're made of. I think that's also part of the reason why, like, in the Batman, like, Joker does this, the same thing. He does he does it with Batman, but he he likes to yeah. do it with other people, too. Like, with Green Goblin, it's almost singularly focused on Spider-Man. Like, with the Joker, he did these, you know, like, when he has, like, the boat full of the nice people. Boat. That, yeah, you know, yeah. The boat with yeah. nice people and with the convicts. When he tells the police uh, the location of, you know, the DA and then his fiance. Yeah, like yeah. He, he wants to do these things like he wants to i guess in his ways you know reveal this truth he has this mission that he wants to do and so i think that makes him so fascinating because usually the marvel movies they do that but they get like they they basically get the the hero and then they get the villain who is basically an inverse of the of the uh you know of it and you know, the focus is really trying to see the protagonist and hit and that person in their growth. But uh, the really interesting thing with the Green Goblin is that, I mean, yes, in principle, like he's a normal person who get, who gets powers and then is, you know, and is terrible. And, you know, and they're similar, I guess, in that sense. But like, they're such, they're so different um, because like, when I think like one of the things I think that's really common in the comic book world, or I, I think just in most in, in in just most novels, like the hero has pain, and because they uh, go through pain, they want to make sure that no one else has to go through the pain that they go through. Typically, yeah. I think that's yeah. how most heroes are done. The villain, and every movie and story does it differently. Like it, the ones that I think do it really well usually give a backstory, but usually like they're, they're scarred or they have some things that you understand that this person has been in pain. Yeah. And that person is like, they want to inflict pain because they feel like because they had to go through pain, they want to inflict it on people. Yeah. And so that's always like that. In, in one way or the other, that's always kind of the, the two sides of that coin. So it's interesting to see, uh, the, like with the Green Goblin and the Spider-Man dynamic, because you have, I mean, Green Goblin is like privileged and uh, he's been afforded every, it seems like every advantage in his life. I mean, obviously at the end in the Tobey Maguire movie, his company was being ripped away from him, but this uh-huh. is like, 
he's had every advantage like in life and Peter Parker has had no advantages. It seems like in his world, no. Yeah. yeah, I'm wondering now, I don't actually know. And I'm sure it varies from like timeline. Norman Osborn, was he like a child of rich parents? Do we know that? Like, was he like a kid of privilege or did he, you know, pull himself up by his bootstraps? (laughs) I'm yeah, not sure. I know not Harry sure. was spoiled. That boy was. Yeah. You know, yeah. Harry was spoiled. Yeah. I think you might be you might be going on something. He may have been a self-made man because it seems like he almost uh he's disappointed in his son because he's had all these advantages and hasn't made the most of them. And I think that someone who didn't come from privilege wouldn't have such a grudge against yeah. His character so you might you might you you, you know you may have a point. Huh, okay. Yeah, I never thought about okay. I could see that. Uh, it, <laughs> It's certainly, as he says, it's his company, right? Like he started it. So that would kind of support that, but I guess also yeah. privileged people can. But I, mean, I love he... that they took note of the fact that like, uh, you know, the, um, that, you know, that devote he is, I mean, his facial expressions, he kind of looks like a grim, you know, a goblin. Oh, yeah. So they're just like, yo, we don't get want rid the, of the mask. mask. And it's like, <laughs> we don't want the mask, get rid of the mask, just have him do what he does. And I thought that yeah. was so great because he had to, he, he had to kind of make his voice yeah, really do the acting oh in the first one. And so for them to just make that decision and then like the costume where it's all shredded and yeah. it's just, it's so yeah. uh, Well, I, I, I just, I just wanted to say this about the strength of the Green Goblin character is that, you know, they started this new um, saga or whatever in 2001 or 2000 and we're ending it with the same villain. I mean that that's that's a very oh, yeah. strong send off, and just I mean he he's iconic. Like we see memes about it. You know I'm something yeah. of a scientist myself, but I mean when when Green Goblin came out in that first movie, you could tell that there was something very different about this villain. Um, he he's like he he's just strong. He's like terrifying. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I I think I was young enough when that movie. It was this was one of the first movies I remember seeing in theaters. But I think I was young enough to where like there were actually some scenes. Like I thought he was hilarious, but there were some scenes that like freaked freaked me out is like the wrong word. But I'm thinking specifically of that scene where Aunt May is praying, and I just Aunt have a May, soft, yes, I have a soft spot. That scene, that scene, yeah. is wild. that scene, deliver man. us from evil. <laughs> yes. Finish the prayer. Yeah, that that, oh, that, that was seared in my mind for a long time. And the fact that she's like, uh, I forget when it is that she's like has she's like has the image of the she's like those gleaming yellow eyes. Like she's like repeating that that over and yeah. over again at some point. I don't, I don't know when. I forget if it was like in that same scene or I think it might have been in that same scene. Um, but that that was steered in my mind for a few I weeks. Mean, if, after. if Green Goblin was like if he was like a character in the Bible, I mean he'd be Satan. Like he's just like he's like, hey, can I go and I mean, test? Yeah. He's like showing up and talking to guys like, hey, can I go test this guy? Can I mean, I- he go is ahead. like the go ahead, yeah. He is like the closest. Uh, I mean, it's not entirely parallel to you know like Emperor Palpatine in Star Wars, where it's like you know he's like strike me down. But like when Tom Holland came at the end of the movie and he's like, I I'm not I'm here to kill you. <laughs> like Tom Holland is literally like I I didn't want to send you to die. I wanted to kill you myself. And then Green Goblin's like, good, now you're learning. <laughs> He's like, mission accomplished for Green Goblin. <laughs> like, bring... And then the thing is, like, think of how dark it is that Tom Holland was, if Toby wasn't there, he was going to stab him. He, he, sure. he was going to kill him. Which gonna is kill like, going to bludgeon him to death. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like, oh, that is the thing. It's like, I think about, I couldn't imagine like the range in this movie and this is like part of the beauty of like tom holland as like peter parker and spider-man yeah. is it really would have been hard to imagine like toby or andrew garfield in their prime like doing the range that tom holland is able to do um in like all the highs and lows of this like i'm trying to imagine like i can imagine i don't know it's so i guess mainly what i'm thinking of is that final scene when he's like about to be forgotten and he's saying goodbye to his friends I can't imagine it being as powerful with with Andrew or with Toby as it was with Tom. Um, yeah, I would agree with you with the with the exception that like now Andrew Garfield has won an award for acting, so I, he has the range now. I think that he could yeah. pull that scene off. But I agree exactly. with you. I don't. I don't think when I when I that was another takeaway is like when I see Toby McGuire, <clears throat> he 
he does a re- I think he does a great job with what he's given and what and what he the expectation was. But it it did feel again like the the last the um, No Way Home is a it's a hard movie. Like there was a lot of things that they needed to do to stick. And I think that there was no scene that I saw where I thought that like Tom Holland didn't stick the landing. And it was the range that he had to do was um, yeah. like the rage, the uh, regret, the grief, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, the sense of wrath, revenge, um, you know, love, pure joy, the just selfish, oh my God, what am I going to do? Oh my God, dude, dude, dude. I mean, just <laughs> the comedic spots that are in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just thought were 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 great because in, in some of the comedic stuff, it was like it's almost like the the timing would you would expect of like a comedic actor like in like the Tom McGuire stuff was always like there was fun spots in there, but it was always like um, it was, it was situational. Cool. Yeah, like almost campy or like I'm trying yeah. to like that's how I would ultimately describe. And granted, they're from like a different era, but like yeah, they're like they are like situational and like almost goofy as opposed to like the classic mcu singers that tom holland can pull off i don't know i think part of it is also i don't think i really thought about this or appreciated it until like rewatching and seeing him be forgotten but like the relationship like if you think about each of their relationship with their significant other when they're mj or gwen yeah like i don't think the connection for me Maybe it's because they had like three movies of it, but I guess Toby also had three movies of like MJ. But like the the chemistry between MJ and Tom Holland Spider Man is so much like more personal than it is yeah, in way more any organic. of the other. It's way more organic and more intimate, and I don't. It's think realistic. It, I, I, yeah, I, I, I think realistic. they have a more realistic one. It's like. They're not they're not always lovey dovey. They're like really friends. Um, I mean, in the in the amazing one, it's like, why is Peter Parker like low key like this, you know, super Casanova guy? Like it he didn't have to try hard to get Gwen. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like the reason, like maybe they like build it up. Like it's not like I think Toby is like in love with MJ from with Kirsten Dunst from like the very beginning of the movie. Um, yeah. and there's not really like a reason outside of the fact that I don't know she's a redhead that like he's really into her um but like we, you get the build-up for Tom Holland Spider-Man that of like why they're both like sort of into each other I don't really remember how the first like, I remember the first movie but I forget like how they ended up so they're like friends and then they I think in the second movie they become like an item yeah in the time yeah, they're, they're like friends sort of but they don't they only really kind of hint to it and they make it seem more like they're just in the same classroom and he really yeah. like loved her from a distance and the funny thing is i know i think about it in the first tom holland one he was into someone else right yes he was yeah he was in the vulture's daughter vulture's yeah 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 um he was. which i don't know that would I, I only mentioned that because like to me that made like the impact of like that final scene or the fact that him like of the losing that relationship that he had with he had with mj like that much more like weighty then i don't think it would have had the same it would have been terrible i guess but like i don't think it would have been the same with um toby and so do do you think like what what happens with the spider-man character now i i don't think we'll get another movie but we'll see him in other films or what they said that they're doing a four oh okay like they they were announcing they said we're gonna do a number four because i think by then they had done like the test audiences and they're like we're about to make a gang of money like I th- okay. because, yeah, okay. so they, they said they're going to make a four, but I mean, he's going to be, we, uh, I mean. It's risky. Yeah. It's it's still risky to make a four. I mean, I I, I assume it's just going to be, I guess, TBD on whether he like ever crossed paths with the rest of the, and whether it's like Marvel or not, like TBD on whether he crosses paths with anyone else or stays like a solo yeah. Spider-Man deal. Um, it'll be interesting because I imagine if they do make a four in their mind, they're like setting up for a trilogy, but they haven't committed to that yet. They want yeah. to go on number four. And how does that go? Like, like, it has to be. Is case. it going to be one that's just like in the Sony uh, first? Because yeah. it seems like Sony is 
fumbling the bag. I mean, oh, the previous yeah. movie, I haven't seen it, but I've heard it's awful. Yeah, the, the reviews have not been good uh, at all. And then, Wait, for which for one? For Morbius? It, it's like Jared Leto. Oh, I haven't seen that. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen that. And then the... Uh, I've enjoyed... I have not... Did I see the second one? I did not see the second Venom movie. I probably will see it. And I, and I think that they were very, like, enjoyable. Um, just because I think Tom Hardy is fantastic. And yeah, but also at the same time, like the critique about it was like, it's, it, I mean, it's also, it's, it's valid. I mean, it's, there are problems with it. Like the plot is not that engaging. It is um, like, it, it was like, it felt like it was like a very entertaining, it kind of reminded me. I, so I rewatched the, uh, like the Blade movies. Okay. Yeah. Me too. I yeah, watched it for the first oh, time. For the first time. Wow. So it's, and like, yeah, it kind of was like those, like, they're not, I enjoy them for what they are. Like, I do enjoy them. But like, would I say that they're like great? No. Okay. I wouldn't say that they're great. Yeah. But I do enjoy them when it's on there. I love Wesley Snipes. I think he's great as a character. I just yeah. always kind of felt like, the second one is still my favorite one. It's still my favorite Blade. But it just kind of felt like there's more that they could do to make it like a more engaging character or not more engaging like story. Like I always felt like the story was kind of just, it's very simple. It's like, mm. you got Blade. Like Blade is a really complicated person. And you, I feel like he's, the way that he's written, it, it feels very one note. It's a great <laughs> note. It's a fantastic note, but it's like, it's very one. Like, I just think that there's so much more that they could delve into someone who was, uh, who is a half, you know, who's like half human, half vampire, all these strengths deals have to having to deal and struggle with the bloodthirst, but yeah. then like is killing vampires yeah. and is raised by, I mean, like it's so they're, there's so many things that they could do with the night just kind of feel like they always kind of just wash it open they're just like well he can survive sunlight and vampires can't and then they they you know they yeah. want to eat some other way like that's just kind of i just feel like there's more that they could do with it that, that would make that a engaging character well, but i mean marshall lee is is a fantastic actor and, and i assume he will do a great yeah. job as they give him yeah and I, I wanted to bring up, you know, speaking of the, the Sony side of things, I mean, the last great superhero film that they made, I think, was Into the Spider-Verse. That is fantastic. Which, which is just another Spider-Man film, although like a, a great one um, and, and very inventive. Um, and I think yeah. it's it. I, I don't know if they like intentionally did this, but it's very much in line with the Tom Holland flavor of like, this is, you know, this is Spider-Man at his most juvenile and, you know, he's trying to figure things out and he basically has to rely on the expertise of others to, to kind of save the day, which, which is good. You know, it's like Spider-Man. Yeah. I mean, it's Spider-Man is practically a first year associate. Like he has, he has, oh my God. I mean, no, no, listen, he, he has a lot of potential, but he doesn't know how to unlock it. And so he has to rely on other people a little bit. Um, th this flavor of Spider-Man to, you know, to save the day, which I, yeah. like. and, I mean, they, they also had, you know, issues with the multiverse and all that, which is really cool. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm really excited to see the, uh, the sequel across the. Yeah. Across. The I was rewatching the trailer for that in preparation for this because i just assumed miles morales would come up um because that is a fantastic yeah. movie and it, i also want to make in, in the last conversation i forget who i talked about this but it, someone made the point that i was like asking them who they think the best spider-man is and they said uh miles morales but when the question was actually supposed to be like of the three like cinematic mm -hmm. but like no miles morales like that movie is fantastic but i was rewatching the trailer and i forgot about this but it's it's part one so there's going to be like a part two or part three, but like it's across the Spider-Verse yeah. part one, which I was surprised by, like out of the gate, like for the second movie to be like a multi-part yeah. movie. I'm excited for it. I'm excited for I, it. I know this is very off topic, but I, I wanted us to talk about like, how, do, do you guys see how maybe the Spider-Man films sort of produce this new genre of superheroes? Like is... 
is that a worthy discussion? The fact that the first Spider-Man was so successful and so well regarded that it allowed, I mean, it, it, it allowed Sony to continue making them. It allowed Disney to, you know, get in the ring. It, you know, they're like DC took the hint, you know, I mean, I'm, I feel like before I would have agreed with that. I think it's still objectively probably is true, right? Like it was what, 2001? I think it had to have been 2000 or 2001 for, oh, it was was 02 for the first first Toby. But like after watching, and this was all, I think it was literally this year, like early this year, I I sat down and I watched the 90s or like the 89 to on Batman movies as well as like the Blade movies. And I feel like, if we're gonna draw a line, that line starts maybe with Blade. Yeah. Um, because I think Blade happened before um before the, the Batman movies. The reason I mentioned the Batman movies, because the fourth one, the really bad one, like I think it's Batman and Robin. The Schumacher one, Batman yeah. Forever. Like that one is it's bad in all the same ways that Spider-Man 3 mm-hmm. is bad. Like the the it's almost like Raimi like watched it and was like okay I'm doing this to my movie too and that that's where the, that's how that idea first occurred to me that there's like there's something happening here and like I mean superhero movies aren't like the most unique thing but I do I think it's it is fair to say I mean I don't know because yeah. Spider-Man 3 almost ruined it for superhero I, movies yeah and I think Iron that Man the happened. Tobey Maguire one um I think it, it, it told the I don't know if it really helped it, it it didn't really help Marvel. I think it helped. I don't know if how much it helped Marvel because I mean Marvel had sold it to Sony or they had this weird sharing agreement yeah. at the time. I mean, but I think because it was so big, it made so much money. Studios were like, "Oh, these are comic book movies. Like, if you get like a decent actor and you get like, if you get and you get like a good story, like people will come and see it. It's not like just like just for kids. Like, I think it kind of opened the door because it was math. It was huge, yeah. and then. The I've heard the same thing about like the Blade movies in the sense that they that's a character that was like not that was like dark, not super well known. Um, I think other than like maybe whoever got the comic books and and he took a character that was like African American. Uh, I mean, Wesley Snipes as well was you know at that time was still really well known, but like and 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 those movies were not critically acclaimed and they did well like. Blade One did well. I mean, they made three of them. Blade One did well. Yeah, I think did yeah. better, and I still I think it's my favorite one. Blade Three, I feel like the wheels kind of came off, and trying to yeah. do much. You're like, okay, well, we need to lighten it up because it's too dark. So let's yeah. put in Ryan Reynolds, and let's we need some hotness. Let's put in Jessica Biel, and then they put in Triple H as one of the antagonists. <laughs> they got well, in. it it it's interesting because like there was a big debate maybe 2018 about you know and i mean the the i i think the the debate is completely moot but when black panther was coming out people were like will this movie be successful and this and that like if disney allows a film that is completely um it's 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 come yeah it's it's completely uh truthful to its subject material and is also, you know, African-American. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's displaying this diverse narrative, but yeah, like, like you said, you had Blade come out in the nineties, which I think that was a bigger risk at that point. Um, and, yeah. and it did and you well. Can, when you watch it, you feel like it's like, man, this budget here is like not big. Um, I, how much of a difference? Cause I, when Black Panther was happening, everyone's like, incorrectly oh my god it's the first like black superhero movie like obviously yeah. you know blade was well, the thing in, yeah but it, there is like a substantive difference and maybe this is what you're getting at femi and like having a movie like i think in blade like was blade the only black character for 90 percent of the movies like whereas in in black panther you have it's like one or two white characters i think maybe two, a few really. more but like you know you have like so many supporting characters um who build out this world of wakanda um, okay so i i was gonna say i think spawn came out before blade but that wasn't that was not 
well I don't I think it wasn't as well received. No, it, it wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah. Spawn was terrible <laughs> on every level. <laughs> it's a cool concept, but that's <laughs> but it, about it. Put it nicely, and Patrick was like, "No, nah, that thing." Was... <laughs> it's no, because if you if you want to talk about CGI in Spider Man One, you talk about <laughs> talk yeah. about CGI it's, and Spawn. And, that's oh a hard God. move, I think, to get right because it is such a weird world, and you're talking about characters that like. <gasps> Ghost Rider. Oh, we haven't even mentioned Ghost. But yeah, it is. I, I mentioned Ghost Rider because it is almost a similar world. Yeah. So, so they had like they could have. I mean, it could have worked. I mean, that that's one of the few times that uh, Martin Sheen is like bad. He's in that movie. You remember in uh, in Spawn? He's in that movie. Watch it again. He's bad. Watch it again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, I don't. I think. Yeah, so I don't know if I would say like, I, but I I would have to think that like with Marvel, that was the first time that they had it. That was that was a, a character that they like had and owned, and then could like, and that was well known, and they made it like commercially really successful. Yeah. Um, and I probably gave some people like, okay, if we give them some more room, we can make make some, yeah. we can make some magic with it. So. Hmm. Yeah, because I feel like, I mean, if I had to pick, I think the timeline in my head for like the MCU, MCU, like you had Iron Man, right? And then you had, you had Captain America one, maybe Thor one. I forget which order exactly those came out. You had the the Hulk movie movie. before Iron Man that has been kind of retconned into the MCU, even though it's Edward Norton. But I think that's kind of the canon Um, because you have some of the same military people. Yeah, yeah. Um, But what do you call and then you have the 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 first Avengers movie at some point, like 2012, I think, is the yeah. first Avengers movie. And like, sure, okay, I think it was like, earlier than that. I think it was like 2008 or nine. Or something. Yeah, I think it's nine. Yeah, eight or nine. For the yes, first 100% movie? because. Well, no, but Iron Iron Man's 2008. No, You're saying a year Iron Man. Listen, Google. Begins, it's like 2005. <gasps> oh snap! Okay, 2012. Or it, it it feels oh. like it came out much oh, I earlier. Went on. <laughs> yeah, it feels like wow. I feel like I watched it uh, in junior. I feel like I watched it like in college. The that's, first Avengers. Yeah, that's movie? that's strange. Yeah, yeah. It, it came out 2012, and then Ultron came out 2015. 2012. I mean, yeah. in our defense, like 2012 is like what we thought the world was ending. There was an election going on between who was it running against Obama? Was it not McCain? It was Romney. That feels yeah, like forever. Romney, yeah. yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, so 2012, and I think it's the year after, maybe two years after, where um, I think what really sold me on the MCU as like a long term thing was the Winter Soldier, because that was like the first like, yeah, it was like objectively like all the other movies are like like Iron Man could have just been like Transformers, you know what I mean? It's like okay, it's it's there, like it it was good, but like. It wasn't anything to write home about. The Winter Soldier was like the first movie that I would write home say? about. Uh, I thought, I thought that, that first Iron Man, Iron Man was Iron Man really was fantastic. Yeah, I thought that first Iron Man was pretty strong. Yeah, and the way they ended it too, I mean, when he just like reveals his identity. I mean, yeah. it was. I thought it was so yeah. well done. Uh, I mean, that was a big deal because we're all like, "Oh, Spider Man and secret identity." Right, and right. No one knows who. Like, yeah, that's like, so like highly guarded, and then like. They, they did, I mean, just the scene is just, it's just done beautifully. Like they build it up, like they have this whole story and then he's just gonna, and then they're just like, I, I am Iron Man. You're like, what? Yeah. They just killed it. Uh, but no, I agree with you yeah. that the uh, Winter Soldier did, they did a fantastic job with uh, Captain America in that movie. Um, is 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 uh is Zendaya's uh, version of Mary Jane your favorite Mary Jane? Uh well so I actually wow. have outstanding Wrong questions feeling. about Love that. It. Because, All right, good. No. Well, because like <laughs> the whole time, is there a is there a thing here that I'm missing? Um I'm not really I'm responding to your question with another question, but like the whole time when she's like, for instance, when when Doc Ock is like, or maybe it's Norman Osborn who's like Mary Jane, and she's like, no, it's Michelle Jones. Um, is there a reason for like the constant like 
correction like i know her name is not mary jane like that's not her name but like why why do they keep highlighting that in the film i don't know that's i didn't pick up on that distinction and does that mean there's like an yeah, actual mary jane, jane watson that's a good point who's, i don't think so i think this is supposed anyway. to be the mj but I, don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I wasn't sure how I felt about it, particularly in the first movie, because she's kind of like up, out, you know, off in the distance and she really is kind of pushing this outsider. Rock. But yeah. I mean, I thought the lines that they gave her were real funny, like the she had a, she was there for she had some comic relief segments that in the first movie that I thought. Yeah. And yeah. I didn't know I, I, her version of MJ wasn't what I anticipated what, and what we typically expect from the love interests of, of uh, Peter yeah. Parker and Spider-Man. But, um, but particularly in the second movie, I really liked their dynamic. And uh, yeah. in the third movie, I thought that they did a really great job with it. Like it feels organic. It doesn't feel like the standard tropes that you get. And they just, they clearly like, have chemistry with one another but it it's not yeah. what i you typically would expect from an mj i i think i i think i agree on all of those fronts i like again like i'm a i'm a sucker for the toby mcguire movies and for mm -hmm. dunce. Kiss um, me up but <laughs> but it's like she is again like i don't know it's weird it's looking back on the movies one of the key defining traits of peter parker toby mcguire's peter parker is that he's in love with mary jane watson that's the first uh, one of the first facts you learn about him um he's like narrating his is trying to get on the bus and he's like that's the girl i've been in love with since like i don't mm -hmm. know third grade or something um and like great but it's like what does mary jane do through like she you learn about the different jobs she has like throughout all three movies and like you know how she is satisfied not dissatisfied she almost marries an astronaut um but i guess like at the end of the day what makes tom holland's mj so great is that they're like this sounds like cheesy but they're like a yeah. team like that's part of like what makes it organic and what makes it like sort of what gives her character more like, she doesn't like. I think you see the the female roles increase in what they do in the Spider Man's as it goes out. Like in the first one, she is strictly damsel in distress. Damsel, yeah. Like she's damsel in distress in the first one. She's damsel in distress in the second one, and then the relationship part is fleshed out a bit more in the third one. But like, then you have to juggle it with Gwen Stacy and him. What I what I, at least I thought was him acting. Like I get like he's supposed to be, he's now like this Spider-Man who's getting all this positive attention and he's, and maybe he's going to his head a little bit, but it felt like the way that they played, it felt like the way that they played with that relationship, they kind of, it, to me, it didn't feel natural to the character that he would just go and just, he, he did like the makeout or he kissed Gwen Stacy when he was still with MJ. Like for him to do that, to me, it didn't, Either, they hadn't they hadn't done the groundwork for for that scene to make sense to me. It kind of like when I think about that scene, it makes me think of like Game of Thrones, where it's just like we have things here that just happened, and there was really no <laughs> like it was just rushed. And then in the Gwen Stacy ones uh, with Andrew Garfield, she does more. Like she kind of like helps out when he tells her not to, and yeah, and there's some like stuff. And so it's a little bit of a team in that one too. And then but this one, it's like. And I think also with the Ned character too, it just, it works really well. Like the three of them work really well. Yeah. It's a great like teen dynamic. Um, and the fact that she's also, they, they made, you know, they made her an intellectual equal or at least a partner. Yeah. With yeah. It seems like they took that with the Andrew Garfield ones and they just kind of went to the nth degree with it. But they, yeah. I think with having Ned in there, it makes it, it makes it almost, um it's like third wheelie i don't know that's how i felt i mean i i, I enjoy <laughs> ned i i'll be honest i think i actually enjoy ned more um just that whole thing and mm -hmm. i i don't know it's just me i actually thought that you, um he was gonna start being groomed as like the protege for dr strange this is this is a complete I, aside 
I mean, jury is out on that one, right? It's very possible that that could still happen. I don't. I don't think it's going to um, happen because he, you know, the the the, the, the world was reset. Universes? Nobody knows Spider Man. Yeah, which means he doesn't know. Oh, Ned doesn't mean, know Doctor Strange. Exactly means he doesn't know. Or does wait, that, that's not necessarily actually. True, he actually. may know Doctor Strange. He just doesn't know that. He may work that he so because I think the way the spell works, he worked with Spider. Yes, you forget. He doesn't Peter know Parker. that Spider Man is Peter. Peter Parker. Parker. Yeah. Oh. I think that might be so he I think may, TBD. He but yeah, that, that remember working how, because because mm. at the end of um at the end of the movie when he's at Aunt May's grave uh grave uh, and Happy shows up and he's like Happy knows Spider Man but he doesn't Peter know Peter Parker. Okay, wait a minute. Um, so yeah, I don't, but that was also like one of those things that like came out of the blue and I I didn't mind that you know he had you know whatever. Uh, magic powers but i thought it was uh, fun i can't i mean that that's the type of stuff that i'm looking for in my films yeah well we need to find a way to land this plane but this has been wonderful um what we learned here is that with great with uh, great power comes great great responsibility i was gonna say you know you're you're all invited we should all watch a movie here i have basically like a theater set up here so oh we can watch something cool maybe the find the next marvel film that comes out on uh streaming or something this has been almost two hours uh great segue um but no i don't want to take up more of y'all i can obviously talk about movies even though i don't know that much about them for forever um but this has been fun we really should i mean i'm down to keep doing this again with it without Thank you for listening to another episode of the High Lines Podcast, brought to you by the Houston Young Lawyers Association. To reach us, please email us at highlightspodcast at gmail.com. We hope to hear from you if you have any comments or questions about this episode or thoughts on a future one. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you have a great rest of your day.